also likes anime and they relive and discuss their favorite anime episode by episode sam i loved the two episodes that we just covered like words cannot describe how freaking hyped i was it was so good yeah no (laughs) i definitely agree i think it was um pretty fast which is nice for Attack on Titan and it was very intense in a good way like not in a everybody's dying way but it was just like action-packed and I I really liked it a lot I know me too I didn't realize how much I needed like some action until this episode because I mean there was still a ton of good stuff you know beginning of this season there was a lot of like light bulb oh my goodness you know uh, truth bombs being dropped throughout the episode with the the coup d'etat. Um, but I needed some action, and I find like I finally got that little fix. So hopefully, everyone else is loving it too. Um, we're gonna be talking specifically, you guys, about episodes thirteen and fourteen. So let's just dive right into it, Sam. Why don't uh? Well, actually, first, let me tell the title. Goodness, I am so ready to jump in. I'm like skipping everything. <laughs> oh, the title of 13 is The Town Where Everything Began. So we're going back to Shiganshina. Sam, why don't you give us the summary? Okay, I feel like this summary was extra long for me as I was writing it out. I was like, oh, man, this is a novel over here. I but- mean, did you, did you see mine for the next episode? <laughs> like, girl, you're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> the scouts are on their way to Shiganshina, to the cellar of Aaron's home. They are traveling on a moonless night to avoid any titans. And even, um, they, they still end up coming across one, but it doesn't seem like it's one of the ones that can move. Um, mm-hmm. in the moonlight. Um, so they were they were pretty safe, but they were really, really freaked out. <laughs> um, <laughs> as it became light again, so when the sun started to come up, uh, the sun the scouts found themselves in Shiganshina. Everyone has their hoods up so that the tit- so that the Titans don't know which one of them is Aaron, uh, since they mm-hmm. know that the Titans are trying to get Aaron in one way or one way or another. Um, Aaron's job is to block up both holes. So there's a hole in Walmaria and then there's a hole in the Shiganshina district that goes to the outside. Um, he needs mm-hmm. to, uh, plug both of those up. Aaron is able to, uh, plug up the hole in the outer wall and everybody's kind of like, we know that the Titans are nearby. So why did they just let us plug up the hole? Right. This feels too easy. Why does yeah. it feel too easy? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, at that point, Armin finds that there are some scorch marks on the outer wall, uh, on the top of the outer wall. He also finds that there are three mugs of dark liquid that are cool to the touch, meaning someone has had been there and had enough time to leave before they got there. Um, so there was just like a little bit of like, ooh, they, did they see us coming or what's going on here? Um, there was a fear that Bertolt, Reiner, and one other person had been there. Um, so they searched the area and didn't find anything. 
Then Armin remembered seeing a Titan face in the walls. And this is kind of a throwback to a couple seasons ago. Um, but he tells everyone to search the areas that the Titans could be hiding in the walls. Then one scout finds a hollowed out oh. portion of the wall. And he sends off a flare just in time for Reiner to pop out and kill him. Reiner comes out of the wall and Levi stabs him right in the throat. Like, <laughs> like Frankenstein bolts kind of thing. Like side of his neck stabs through and goes out the other side. That should have killed him, but it didn't. Of course it didn't. Of course. Um, yeah, he, he's able to transform into his Titan form. And at the same time, a ring around the city appears and a whole slew of Titan just pops up. The beast Titan oh. then hurdles a boulder at the wall to the to crumble the scout's exit out of the area that they're in, blocking them off. Oh, that was seriously so good. Oh, I love that episode. <laughs> um... I wanted to talk about, because there were so many, like, really good action-packed scenes, but I wanted to have our theme focus on rec uh, reclaiming lost freedom with a little bit extra, but uh, reclaiming lost freedom because twice uh, freedom was mentioned by Aaron in two different instances. Okay. So, so the first time... Aaron recalls uh, the time that he saw Armin um, with that forbidden book. And he said that he saw that Armin had this dream um, as they were going through the book. And he said, that's the day I realized I had never been free. The world was as vast as the ca our cage was small. Those monsters had stolen it from us. Once I realized that, I couldn't forgive them. Couldn't tell you why, but when I think of that lost freedom, I feel strong, fearless in a way. And then the second time uh, Aaron mentions freedom uh, is when he, uh, he's going to plug up the first hole in the outer wall. Um, so the scouts, they've gone off in their separate directions and Aaron is just about to transform. And he says, I can do this. No, we can do this because we're special for no other reason than the fact that we were born. We will be free. Um, and I love both of those individually and I love them together. Um, but first, before I dive into like what these two things mean together. Um, the first statement alone, I think it is so empowering for Aaron because it gave him this glimmer of hope and of possibilities. I feel like most people, if they saw that they were in this cage, that they would feel the exact opposite. But for Aaron, he saw that this this loss of hope or this loss of freedom, um, it means that someone can find it and someone can reclaim it. And then if that's possible, then their whole world can open up. And so I love that for him when he says that. But now putting both of those statements together, I feel like his first freedom statement, he says, I, so he's turning to the self. He's turning inward. 
And then the second time is when he includes others, that humanity is for everyone and freedom is for everyone. And that by him reclaiming freedom for himself, it really does mean that it is inclusive to all. Yeah, I think that there's, I, I really like what you say, that it's, that freedom is for all. Like he has realized that freedom is not for himself, just for himself, but it's for others as well. And I think that there's like, I really love this theme that you decided to do because I, um, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know what, there's also a, a freedom in the way that he says his second statement of I to we mm-hmm. in the terms of he is also freeing himself from this being only his responsibility for yes. freedom, for fighting of humanity. He is freeing himself of that and and also relying upon other people to help towards that goal. Um, and so like we saw a couple episodes ago where he literally punches himself in the face trying to beat up the wimp inside of him or whatever. And um, he's definitely showing in this episode a change of who he is and his hope for the future and how thing how he can rely on other people. Absolutely. That was one of like my extra points where I was like this this ties in but it is also so much more. It means so much more because he does include other people. Mm-hmm. Um exactly like you said, he was so much focused on just his own ability and now it's like no it's me, but it's also everyone else. And I loved that that switch happened for him. Um, and I guess my last point on this freedom bit, um, that I, it kind of hit me before I jump into my last extra portion is that, you know, it's freedom for not just him, but it's freedom for his friends it's freedom for the scouts and I'm sure the scouts also collectively feel this sense of a cage, you know, feeling and they need to escape. I feel like they're probably all like-minded in that way, but it's also for the Shiganshina district. It's for the refugees of Walmaria. It's even for the people in the two innermost walls who haven't experienced the horrors that they have that the others have. And it's also for the ones who don't realize that they are having this limited freedom, that they are in a cage. It's literally for everyone. Um, so yeah, I really love that. My extra point, Sam, that I wanted to add just in addition to including everyone, as you had mentioned, cause I love that you also thought of that too. Um, I loved when Aaron said we're special for no other reason than the fact that we were born, I feel like the trip to see Commandant Shada, uh, Sadie Shada's, however you say his name, am I saying it right? Shada's. Shada's. Yeah. The trip to see Commandant Shada's was a turning point for Aaron. And I think hearing how his mother felt about him and, you know, just as he, from the very beginning, it changed his outlook on his abilities, who he was as a person, that he didn't have to be anything special 
or have to be everything to everyone in order to be special. And so I feel like that was kind of a catalyst for him to be including everyone in this effort to help humanity become free. Yeah, no, I agree that it was, it was a statement that let him be himself. He realized that just by being born and being who he is allowed him to be exceptional. He didn't have to do anything else. This all, everything else is just like icing on top of the cake kind of a right. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that you, you said that. That's really great. Oh. Well, I, I really loved any time a theme is mentioned twice or a word is mentioned twice. I'm always like, I want to compare the two. And I feel like the first freedom statement and the second really showed the growth between that episode, but also how Aaron's been growing the past few episodes. So, oh, yeah, you know, I thought it was pretty good too. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn or anything, but I just really liked the comparison. Um, yeah. Now, Sam, let's dive into what we really liked. Um, okay. I had two, but why don't you share your one? Okay. Um, I really, really, really loved the moment where Erwin put Armin in charge of a troop and yes. how he, and how Armin kind of freaked out about it. Um, it was a moment <laughs> for me to see that Erwin was an Armin at 1.2. It was kind of like, he's acknowledging yes. Erwin or sorry, he's acknowledging Armin as like him someday being the same as him. Um, and look how much his uh, talents have been appreciated. Like we've thought of Armin as this weakling this entire time, but if you look mm-hmm. at it, like Erwin truly is the future Armin and look how much he's done for humanity. Right. As long well, as it's not a trap. I still don't trust him. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Um, I know he, he can be just so sketchy. Uh, Commander Ervin. But no, I absolutely love that. It's shocking to me. Like, just remember back in season one when Armin literally wanted to sacrifice himself because he thought in the world of the scouts, in the world of Attack on Titan, like he was of so little worth. But then in this episode, we hear Commander Ervin say that Armin is one of their greatest weapons. And I'm like, yeah. to think that, to think that in the span of like six months or whatever, he has grown that much and become that much of an asset. It's just like, it's so cool to like see that. Um, yeah. But yeah, my two favorite things. Well, actually, the, my second one's kind of a, a gimme, you know, but for the first one, I like the opening a lot. Um, I feel like we're getting a couple of hints on what's to come. Um, but of course, as I was like saying, oh, I really like this, uh, new opening (laughs) in my notes. I also typed like, or is it actually a new opening? Like, or is my memory just garbage? I think it's new. Was it new? (laughs) I mean, for the season or was it our first time? You're asking 
the worst person. Okay. Like, I remember, well, this is why I reread books and rewatch shows, because I remember <laughs> nothing. I am a goldfish, people. I am a goldfish, so don't ask me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, seriously, I was just like, I really like this opening. And then I was like, wait, is it even new? Like, I'm pretty sure it's new. If it's not new, people don't come at me. <laughs> Again, memory of a goldfish for me too. Um, but then my second thing, I said literally everything. So... <laughs> Okay. And that's because there were so many amazing quotable moments from Aaron. And I love the exchange between Ervin and Armin and the trust that Ervin has in one of his younger scouts. I loved Levi running down the wall with his blades and just shoving it in Rhina. I mean, total badass moment. It kind of reminded me of when Sasha ran down the wall to save her friend back in season one except this is like way more gruesome yeah (laughs) um but yeah I just was like oh the epicness of running down a freaking wall like so cool and you know I feel like oh I just love a Levi badassery moment we all know this (laughs) we all know this but um but yeah that's what I liked Sam did you find any bridges to past episodes yeah so kind of like what i said in the summary um we have a call back to the titan's face in the wall so we see like armin's Mm -hmm. flash of memory and he sees like the physical face of a titan in the wall um Mm -hmm. so now we know why we saw that a couple seasons ago and what it means for us in the current episode um so that was kind of a moment where we could see we can we can see the callback um and that it was there to help us be like what the heck <laughs> so. i know uh dang it the the stinking wall yeah who would have thought and and also the fact that uh armin was one of the people to see the hole and make that yeah. connection because yeah. i'm sure that more scouts saw the hole in the wall but none of them would have thought oh it's rhina who's hiding behind the walls or hiding in the walls. I mean, just so cool. So cool. Um, But okay. I think we're ready for episode 14. Yes, please. Let's move on. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. We are moving on to episode 14, and the title is Thunder Spears. Megan, can you give us our summary, please? Yes. So the scouts are now faced head to head against not only the Beast Titan and their former friends, Rhina and Berthold, but at least a hundred burly freaking Titans, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Commander Ervin analyzes the scene to understand the enemy's strategy and notes that the quadruped Titan carrying the cargo must also be an intelligent being. So just throwing that out there. The beast Titan signals and multiple two to three meter Titans run towards them. It's like the creepiest run you'll ever see. I hated every second of it, but there you go. 
Ervin realizes that they intend to do what they did back at Utgard Castle back in season two. Uh, so um, they're going to try to cut off any means of escape. So that's taking out the horses. They're going to cut off the supply lines um, in order to achieve their primary goal of capturing Aaron. So he's already deduced that. Ervin tells the different squads to protect the horses and also to go after the armored titan and use the thunder spears under their discretion. So by the time Rhyna makes it up to the top of the wall, because he's got his own MO going on, he gets this momentary distraction by the presence of Ervin. And let me tell you, you could cut that with a knife. It was so freaking thick. Um, just the stare down. <laughs> but what's great about it is it allowed Aaron to transform into his Titan and seeing Aaron forces Rhyna to chase after Ervin, or, oh my goodness, seeing Aaron forces Rhyna to chase after Aaron and he abandons his goal of killing the horses. So Ervin's hunch worked. The two months of additional training for Aaron paid off, but Aaron almost got too cocky in this hand-to-hand combat, and Rhyna goes for his ankle, completely knocks him over, and then smashes Aaron down into the earth. So the two are continuing to wrestle and fight until Aaron tosses Rhyna off, and Rhyna, he's like, oh my goodness, I need to move to plan B. But the scouts are already making their move. They've already had him surrounded. And Mikasa and Hanji thrust their uh, thunder spears into Rhyna's eyes. And it just explodes. And then, I mean, ugh. And then the rest of the scouts, they aim at his neck, the nape of his spine. And the spears, then they explode. And like the hardening exterior is starting to break off, but that means they need to end Rhyna. For a brief moment, they hesitate, and Jean reminds them that they already decided that they needed to do this. So they charge again one final time. Rhyna panics and shouts, No, I don't want to die. And then the spears explode. Dun, dun, dun. This was. <laughs> This was so hard to end on this episode. I was like watching it super late um, at night. And I was like, oh, I cannot go on. But I want to so bad. (laughs) I want to know what happens. And I haven't watched it. I still haven't watched it yet. I need to. But I'm impressed with your your resolve, you know, (laughs) for not uh, going further. You just need toddlers that you know will wake up really, really Uh, early. So there's just that debate there, you know? (laughs) You know, there you go. That's the secret. That's why I was up till 3 a.m., Sam. I realize it's because I was short on two toddlers. (laughs) Exactly. I'll let you borrow one sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Well, okay. um, Let's move on to our theme. Um, And... I was kind of surprised that they made the the title Thunder Spears because I feel like it played a very small part. Well, okay, it was a very big part of the episode, but it was like the Thunder Spears were in like the last, what, five minutes of the episode. I was just very surprised. Right. Well, remember um, back when they named 
an episode friendship a couple episodes ago (laughs) and we were like why like why why would you name it that so (laughs) you know let's add this to the list of why would they name it this for the episode you know exactly but so for the theme i decided to kind of base it around this hand-to-hand combat um that reiner and aaron are having and i decided to do the theme achilles heel which I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> I mean, I I love it. I know your notes, and I'm super excited for you to talk about this. Sweet. So. Okay. Yes. I feel so great. Okay. <laughs> so for um, anybody who does not know what an Achilles heel is, an Achilles heel is a weakness or a vulnerable point. Um, the term comes from a Greek myth, from a Greek myth of Achilles being, sorry, the term comes from a Greek myth of Achilles being dipped into the river Styx by his mother so that he would be invincible. Every part of his body was immersed as- except for the spot that she held him, which was the heel. That was the- his only spot that he was not protected, and that's how he was brought down. Um, and so I feel like this is kind of a, a moment with Aaron where he gets grabbed by the heel I'll get to it at that point. But I think that this episode shows a few areas that we could reference the Achilles heel throughout the episode. Um, Achilles heel in the way of speaking of a weakness or a vulnerable point. Right. Um, Metaphorically. Yes. Thank you. That is the word I was looking for. Metaphorically. (laughs) Um, So uh, the first one that we kind of run into is Erwin. Um, he knows that his drive, his sole drive, has not really been for humanity to survive. Like, he he kind of comes out and says that pretty much verbatim in um, this episode. And his true drive, and I will say his weak point, is to prove his father was right and that his father did not die without a cause. Um that he could redeem what damage he did as a child, if we're going to blame it on Erwin as a child. Oh, um, yeah. uh, when his father died, because he was the one that shared the information of what his father truly believed with other people, and that's what got him killed. Um, because of that, he lost many people. Or because of... Um, because of this belief more as to prove his father right instead of saving humanity, he um, very much overlooked a lot of the people that he put in harm's way um, and even lost his arm to get to this point. Now, I'm not saying that Erwin didn't care, but the loss of those people was not as great as his desire to justify his father's points that he had made um and so despite that he still trudged on knowing that the way he feels is what is going to bring him down in the end like despite knowing his weakness Mm -hmm. and what is holding him back from really i mean you see how amazing erwin is like right if he would just you know put that reason down a peg and really truly look at humanity as worth saving Look how much more amazing he could be, like if he just mm. thought and really nourished those relationships that he has with people. The trust, like you can kind of see that the trust that Levi has in Irwin, based on his comments, is kind of crumbling at this point. Uh, yep, one hundred percent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. 
No, Sam, I was thinking, because, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like the Achilles heel of wanting to prove that his father was right and saving humanity, I'd like to cut him a little bit of slack and maybe have them kind of married to each other, like they're one and the same now. Mm -hmm. I feel like... Maybe in his earlier days, he thought that this was just impossible, but I feel like, at least in recent history, it's it's become conjoined with saving humanity. I don't know. Part of me does want to cut him a little bit of slack in that, but also I feel like he is just being very, um, uh, very reflective because this is the final, this is the final battle. Like they are literally where they need to be. They just need to defeat this horde of Titans. And so I feel like that's why he's being a little reflective and maybe pondering on all the lives lost to get to that point. But Mm -hmm. I also see your point in just how he has treated some of those lives to get to that point. I can see how it's causing a lot of people to get a little bit nervous about the overall agenda because he's very equipped at gambling. He is very much okay with that, but I can see that people like Levi are not okay with all the gambling going on. And Hanji, who we also get her reactions is a little bit startled by it, but says, okay, we'll try it out. So I feel like it's, it's kind of hurting him a little bit as we get closer to the end game. Definitely. No, I agree. Um, there's just, yeah, it, it honestly all depends on how you look at it. Cause I, I agree with you. Like it's, he, he is very much being retrospective or he's yeah. Retrospective. He's looking back on, how he's treated people. Mm-hmm. Um, the next person that I kind of wanted to look at is Reiner. Uh, Reiner believes that he is better than all humans. Like he thinks, like you can see this other side of Reiner now that he is no longer pretending to be a cadet. Um, and I think that this is where his downfall is. Um, he feels that his, like if you just hear his inner monologue that he's having. Oh yeah. Um, just, Thinking like he's saying that Irwin is like this puffed up guy who thinks that he knows everything. And um, I, I don't know. He just he's he's treating his comments almost sound like an adult talking down to a child. And in, in my mm-hmm. opinion, um, but he feels that his cause is better than the rest and that he's one step ahead of everybody. Um, he ends up hiding in the walls and pops out of his hole without really thinking about or, or thinking about, like, what could happen. He's just thinking, I'm invincible. I'm going to kill this guy. And then everything is going to go my way. And that's when Levi gets the better of him. Um, he's able to get better after that. Um, mm-hmm. But again, he's fooled that he's better than the scouts because of his armor. And he ends up being hit pretty hard by Hanji, Mikasa, uh, Jean, Connie, and Sasha with those thunder spears. And now he fears that he's going to die. Like his cockiness has really gotten the way and is definitely a weakness in this episode for him. Oh, 
100% all of that. And also, I'd like to add, in his fight with Aaron, Aaron was getting the best of him. Um, it's almost like he expected Aaron to stay at that same level he was at at their last fight. Yeah. Which, ironically, he also needed Bertolt to save him in that. But it's like, it's like he almost thought that he was the only one who could get better. So it yeah. really took him for surprise that Aaron not only got better, but was exponentially better than he was before. And it shocked him. And then also, I think that not only does he think that he's better, but that his side in general is better, that they're on the right side. Because he mentioned that um, Ervin is no match for their war chief, the Beast Titan. Yeah. And I'm just like, you are so cocky. Like, you have fought alongside (laughs) these people for years. Yeah. And you... And you just are dismissing them entirely. Like, this is the first head-to-head. But you're so confident that no one can compare. Um, Yeah, it's definitely his Achilles heel. For sure. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of Aaron, Aaron is my my final point, I think I'm going to say, um, for this Achilles heel moment. And I think that Aaron's Achilles heel is his anger. Um, it really, really fuels him. And I think that it fuels him to the point that it blinds him a lot of the times. Um, this happens quite a bit in his fight with Reiner in his Titan form. Um, he knows that he has beat Reiner before, so he doesn't really have that fear that he will be beat this time and really lets his anger flow. He's like, this is, uh, he starts talking about like how this is his turf, his people, his home, and how dare Reiner feel like he can best him. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as he monologues to himself, Reiner literally pulls Aaron by the heel and throws him and beats him up pretty darn bad. Like that was a really brutal scene. Yeah. Um, Aaron doesn't completely fail, but some of the scouts end up coming in to help him with Thunder Spears. Um, and so I feel like if they weren't there, his anger would have just kept going and he just he, I think he could have been taken at that point oh 100% his anger just blinds him and it's like he thought there was no possibility that he could get knocked down that he was going to mm-hmm. lose which I mean all to ya because I mean you know go with the end goal in mind that you're gonna be victorious but it was like there was no possibility and I that left him vulnerable he wasn't protecting himself he was always on the offensive and he should have been protecting his whole entire body including his lower half because that was all it took was just having one exposed ankle heel combo and that took him out yeah no I agree um, well, since we have said that, um, let's move on, move on to what we liked. Megan, do you want to start us off? Um, yes. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I love two points, um, okay. two, two quote points. One was when Ervin's mind was racing to understand the strategy of the enemy and then to come up with a plan. And Levi goes, 
You finally ready to say something, Ervin? Been waiting so long I could have made breakfast. And I'm just like, ah, oh, that's so cool. Like, imagine saying something that savage to your boss. Like, that's the level that we're at, you know? I just so quippy. I know. I thought it was so hilarious. And then the second one um, was when it was in the flashback when Hanji's introducing the Thunder Spears. And Aaron, he just acts so unimpressed by this new invention. He's like, it's a rod? And Hanji replies, it's pointy, dumbass. That makes it a spear. Like, (laughs) (laughs) the savagery. I loved it. So, yeah, those are my two favorite moments. Um, okay, so I, I loved your, your funny moments and I'm surprised. Usually I pick up on the funny moments and want to share those as my, what we liked point. But, um, this time I decided to choose like a moment that was just a little more scary and serious. Um, I, I loved that we got to see the moment where Marlo got to see a Titan at close range for the first time. Yep. And he was just like. Oh my goodness. And he's just trying to drag this horse along and trying mm-hmm. to like be slow and separate himself from everybody else because that was the plan. Like everybody had to disperse so nobody was sticking together. And he's for the first time going up by himself past a Titan. He still did his job. And I was like, right? good. Because man alive that would have been terrifying i mean you have everybody else that's just like running past you because they've seen titans before and you have this one guy and it's your first time yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) like imagine going in for your first time to see titans in the final battle like uh, what is supposed to be the final battle right i mean and and for your whole entire military experience prior to that you were at a cushy job you know short of a desk like that's how cushy it was and so now it's like what the freak have I gotten myself into (laughs) exactly yep good on Marlo good on Marlo sure um so it doesn't look like either one of us have a bridge to a past episode in this uh, episode so I'm gonna move us on to MVPs um for me I said, Armin, um, mm-hmm. way to go, bro. Like, you're finally <laughs> seeing that, you're, that your brain is worth some credit. Like, yes, he, he was a little afraid to uh, command people who have been in the scouts longer and who are older than him. Um, t- stopped for a couple beats and then just jumped right in it. And everybody was like, oh, my goodness, everyone's putting us in charge with or putting this kid in charge of us. But we're going to do it. So, oh, man, way, way to go. And I love when they had their like, okay, we're going to do it. Like, as soon as he gave them orders, they were like, all right, let's go. And they just like ran off the wall and just like (laughs) dispersed. It was like, what? Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, Armin definitely deserves MVP for this round. Yeah. Um, Now for mine. I know this might sound a little controversial depending on how you see this person's uh, internal monologue, okay. but I have to have Ervin as MVP. Okay. Um, and that's because he has amazing trust in his people. 
So, like, when Armin was finding the hiding spot and analyzing where the enemy could be hiding, you know, he had complete trust in him. And then telling the different squads to go where they needed to go, but then adding, hey, employ the Thunder Spears at your own discretion. Do whatever it takes to win the objective. You know, I feel like that just shows how he feels. Like, like he just really trusts that these people... Imagine, like, your boss saying, oh, you know, do X, Y, Z at your own discretion. I mean, that is huge. Um, So this is a life-death moment that's even more so. Um, I mean, it's there's something to be said about a leader who knows how to delegate. I mean, how many CEOs are looked at, um, like, who are micromanaging, Mm -hmm. who are looked at by their under... I was about to say underlings. um, Their employees... (laughs) Um, and are seen as great leaders. And usually that's not the case. You usually look at leaders who can delegate and know where their strengths lie and where other people's strengths lie um, Mm -hmm. as being good leaders. And in this moment, Erwin is, I mean, regardless of how I feel, with how you said it, like he is being a good leader. I know, exactly. And I mean, I know that he has this moment where he's just like, I'm standing on a mountain of corpses and I have this selfish dream. But I'm, but in my head, I'm like, is it really though? Is it really that selfish? I, in my mind, um, you can have that also be a desire, like within your heart, a dream, whatever. So I don't know. I, I feel like this is up for people to decide you know, is he being selfish or is he not? I don't know. Regardless of that, though, I feel like his ability as a leader in this moment is really awesome. So has to be MVP (laughs) for me. (laughs) I feel like this is like my first controversial one. Like, I don't know. I feel like I have to justify giving it up to Ervin, probably because of his dumb speech. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't think... I don't think that you do. I mean, we can have differences in opinion on people. And I think that your reasoning, regardless of how I feel about Irwin, like, I think that your reasoning is sound. I think that okay, you saying that is very much valid. And I, I can see that. Okay. I just, I'm just like Irwin, or not Irwin, Armin, you're such like a little guy. And like, you're doing <laughs> great things. And you took it and ran with it instead of running away from it. So I think, yeah, I think that each of us had a really good MVP this week and justifiably so. Yep. Okay, cool. It's settled. It's settled, everyone. Those are our people. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on episodes 13 and 14 in season three. Next week, we will be covering seasons 15 and 16. Episodes. Um, Yes. Sorry. What did I say? You said seasons. Seasons. I meant episodes 14. Or sorry, gosh, dang it. Um, episodes 15 and 16 of season three. 
please watch those before listening to our podcast. We know how much that you guys love to listen to us. So please just <laughs> watch the content first. Um, this is just a reminder that we do have a Patreon for a little bit weebish. So mm-hmm. you can find that information on um, our social media. Can um, I just say, as a, a Patreon plug, I recently had um, published one of our mini weebs on goat villains and can i just say that was one of my favorite mini weaves that we've done like <laughs> i loved it i loved re-listening to it so i'm just saying like there's some good content there just as a plug oh, sure. you know in case anyone wants to support our podcast in another way that is an option exactly um, so please tell us what you guys thought about episodes 13 and 14, or if you are just starting our podcast um, and listening to some of our other content, please reach out to us on any other episodes that you have listened to. Um, you can reach out to us via email, which is littlebitweebish at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok, and our handle is littlebitweebish. No spaces or anything. It's just all one word. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate the time that you guys have spent with us, and we feel like you guys are family and friends. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, night, everybody. Okay, thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.